like I said, our pastor has been ministering on uh, three volumes on the old, I mean, the new things are better than the old things. So in volume one, I'm just going to give you one in volume one, he talked about the new bread. He said that the new bread is better than the old because the old bread was the bread on the table that could not give you life. But the new bread was from heaven. That the new bread was Christ, and he came to give us life. That's if you eat it, right? Amen. And then in volume two, he talked about the new temple. He said that the new temple is better than the old temple. Why? Because the old temple was destroyed. But guess who the new temple is? The new temple is us. We're the body of Christ. And guess what? The Holy Ghost lives now in this new temple. And then in volume three, he told us about the new way, talking about that new covenant. He said that the new way is better than the old way because the old way, the old covenant, it was written on stone, tables of stone. But guess what? It couldn't give you life. But the new way, which is the spirit, which is Christ. And guess where God wrote it? In our heart. And I want you ready for this word. So today I'm going to be bringing from the subject which is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are made or become new. So my subject today, and I want you to say with me, the new man is better than the old man. Once again, the new man is better than the old man. So I hope you're ready for that. So first, let me tell you, define, well, what is better? Better means superior. It means greater. It means it surpasses in excellence. Greater means made complete. And greater means you're perfect. So we thank God for that. So now we can say that the new man, which is Christ, guess what? He's greater. <laughs> he is superior. He has surpassing excellence. The new man Christ, he is complete. And guess what? We're complete in him. And the new man Christ is perfect. And guess what? We are perfected in him. And so as we go through the scriptures today, uh, comparing the new man with the old man, even the scriptures itself has its own comparison table. And we're going to show you that. So first we're going to start with the natural man. And it said, the natural man, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 46, said, how be it, that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural. And then afterward is the spiritual. So we know that the old man, which is Adam, which was natural, was first. The new man, which is Christ, which is spiritual, guess what? That's the second Adam. So let's get into this word, okay? So as we go, first we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 45. And it said, so it is written, the first man, Adam, he was made a living soul. And the second man, Adam, guess what? He was made a quickening spirit. So as we look at this, we're going to show you that the first man, Adam, he was natural. He was made a living soul. He was of the earth. He was earthly. And guess what? By, his, by this man's disobedience, by Adam's disobedience, 
many were made sinners. But guess what? With Christ, he's the last Adam. He was spiritual. He was a quickening spirit. He was the second man, the Lord from heaven. And then by his obedience, you weren't made sinners, but we were made righteous. So guess what? The new man is better because we're in a better covenant. Amen. So first, let's get started. So in Genesis, because he said the first Adam was made a living soul. So in Genesis chapter 2, I know you got your Bible, it said, And the Lord God, he formed man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Now there's a lot in that. And so you know what, I'm going to go back because we need to look at that real good. So first he said, the Lord formed the man of the dust of the ground. Well, you know what? Well, let me say this first. When God made, when he made the first Adam and the last Adam, he was really making the first house, which is the house of earth. And then he made the second house, which is a spiritual house. Now, that's very important. So we're going to look at this first house first, all right? So he said, the Lord formed the man of the dust of the ground. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 47, it said that the first man is of the earth. He's earthy. You know what earthy means? A man of dust. That's what Adam was. He was a man of dust. That's what the first house was. It was an earthly house. All right? And then it said, and this house, this earthly house, it's got to return back to the dust from whence it was taken. This house was not meant to last forever. But what God put in the house, that was supposed to last forever. And what he put in the house was that living soul because that soul is to live forever. But guess what? In Adam, it didn't happen like that. All right, but we'll get to that a little bit later. So in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 19, so I got to get my Bible and see that because I can't see the scripture. So let me turn to that. So we're going to look at Genesis because we're still talking about that, that house of dust. So in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 19, it said, and this is what God had said to Adam after he had eaten of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. All right. And so God said, in the sweat of your face, thou shalt eat bread till thou return unto the ground. For out of it, you was taken. And out of it, no, out of it you was taken. For, the, for dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. So this we got to understand. The first house was a house of dust. It was earth. It was the earthly house. And guess what? The earthly house was not meant to live forever. So guess what? Every man that is born has an earth house. But guess what? That house is not going to live forever. We already know that, right? People die every day. But who, what's dying? This outer man, that's the house that's dying. But guess what? Then there's something else. I did Genesis 3. So now I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 because that's what it's, what it's talking about too. It's talking about the two houses, right? It's talking about the house that's made of earth and then it's going to talk about the house from heaven. All right, so let's go there. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And you know what? We hear this every time we go to a funeral because this is one of the favorite scriptures because you know what? You're trying to get the people to understand about the soul. The house on the outside, it's going to dissolve. The word dissolve means it's going to be destroyed. But guess what? 
It's what God got on the inside of the house that's got to be protected. That's got to have the life. And that's the soul. The one that God made Adam when he breathed into his nostril. So God put that soul on the inside. But let's see what 2 Corinthians says about that. It says, for we know that if our earthly house, that's the first house, right? That's the house of flesh. That's the man of dust. So it said, if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved. Remember I told you what dissolved means? It means to be destroyed. It's going to die. It says, we have a building of God. Hold up. We have. You only have it if you have Christ. If Christ is in you, then you got that house from heaven. But guess what? If you play around and you don't get Christ in you, guess what? Your soul going to be naked. All right. So then it goes on and it says, for, for, for we have a building of God. It's a house that's not made with hands. And guess where is that? It's eternal in the heavens. Now listen to the second part. It says, for in this we groan. Who is the we groaning? The soul. That soul that God blew in Adam, the breath of life, the nostrils, that's the soul that's groaning. Why? Desiring to be clothed upon with our house. That's the spiritual house. That's heaven. That's Christ. The soul inside this body that's dying every day, groaning to be clothed with Christ, with eternal life, with the spirit of God. And then it's so, for, for we that are in this tabernacle, we groan, we are burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. So now the spirit, the living soul that God put in Adam was called mortal. It's a mortal soul, right? But when you get Christ, he quickens that mortal soul, and now that mortal soul becomes what? Immortality, which means now the soul in you has life. That soul now in you is alive. So when you got that soul of Christ in you, that's the soul that's like, I'm tired of being in here. Because we know what, the absent from the body is what? Is to be present with the Lord. But the next thing, you know what, as I was reading this, I had like what you call a spoiler alert. And this is what I wrote. I said, you must have the second house before the first house is dissolved. Oh my God. Because you know what, if you don't have the second house, if you don't have Christ in you, that soul is going to be out naked. And guess what? Don't be deceived. You're not going to be like Casper the ghost. Think you're going to fly around everybody, you know, and try to boo everybody else. It don't work like that. If your soul is not clothed with Christ, your soul is going to be in torment. Now, we know that because the rich man in Lazarus. Can we look at it? That's in Luke chapter 16. So let's go there. So in Luke chapter 16, and we're going to read verse 19 through verse 31. Luke chapter 16, verse 19 through 21. All right, so when we there, say okay. Amen. Luke chapter 16, verse 19. Now remember, we're dealing with the soul. God gave every man that was born of Adam a house. Everybody got this earthly house. I mean, that's the only way you're really going to live here in the earth because you can't walk around just being, you know, like I said, cast for the ghost. 
So you got to have this earth house. But this house is going to be destroyed. It's going to die. Everybody knows that. But guess what? What's going to be naked? What, what is desiring to be clothed upon with Christ? That soul that God put on the inside. Because see, that soul got to live somewhere. Either it's going to be in Christ with eternal life, or it's going to be in hell where there is eternal damnation. Oh, you're going to be alive, and you're going to show no what's going on. Because he said it was a living soul. But it means that living soul is going to live somewhere. So until you make the decision to have Christ in your soul, man, you got to, well, that's all I'm going to say. I seen a man once on TV, and he said, you know what, I'm not, a, I'm not afraid to, to uh, live with the devil in hell. Like, oh, my God, you sure enough been deceived. But we're going to leave that alone. So we're going to look at that Luke chapter 16, okay? Verse 19 said, there was a certain man. He, had, he was clothed in purple and in fine linen, and he fared scrumptiously every day. And there was a certain beggar, his name was Lazarus, which was laid at the gate and he was full of sores, and he was desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came, and they licked his sores, and the beggar, and it came to pass that when the beggar died, who was Lazarus, and he was carried by the angels unto Abraham's bosom. Abraham's bosom. That represent in Christ, all right? So, and then it said, and the rich man... Also, he died, and he was buried. But guess what? He was buried. The body was buried. The body went back to the dust. But guess what? That soul was still alive. But that soul didn't have no resting place. So he said, and when he lifted up his eyes, burned, being in torment. So guess what? Your soul, your conscience, your mind, you are aware of everything around you. So you know what? I advise you, you better get in Christ because your soul going to need a place. You're going to need another building because this one is going back to the dust. All right. So then it said, verse 23 said, and in hell, he lifted up his eyes. He was in torment and he see Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and he said, Father Abraham, have mercy on us and send Lazarus. You mean, you, you mean the one you didn't want to? come to your house, the one that you sent the dogs to lick his sword, yeah, that same one. So he said, now you send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Well, his body wasn't in no flame. What was in flame? His soul. I'm telling you, you got to get your soul in Christ. That's all I'm saying. All right. But then it said, but Abraham said, remember that you in your lifetime, you receive your good things. And likewise, Lazarus, he received evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And he said, and beside this, betwixt, there's a great gulf fixed that they which would pass from his, they cannot, neither can they to us, that would come from this. Like, once you go in Christ, <laughs> you don't want to come back out. But once you're in hell, you can't come back out. All right, tormented. And then he said, I pray. So, so, so he's saying, the rich man said, I pray that therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house. You know, go send Lazarus to my father's house. 
For I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they also come to this place of torment. And then Abraham said, they got Moses, mm -hmm, and they got the prophets. So let them hear him, hear them. And he said, nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto him from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto them, if they hear not Moses, and they don't hear the prophets, neither will they be persuaded the one rose from the dead. So who rose from the dead? Christ rose from the dead. And guess what? When Christ rose from the dead, well, when, when he rose from the dead, he rose for every man. He died for every man. He died for the sin of Adam of the one man that made all men sinners. And so the one man, Christ Jesus, he rose from the dead. But everybody's not hearing him. So that's what Abraham said. No, if they don't hear, see, he said, but if one rose from the dead, they don't hear the one that rose from the dead. Because you know what? Right now, God got able ministers of the New Testament, and they are preaching that one man that rose from the dead. And you know what? People ain't got time. I'm too busy. I got to go do this. I got to go do that. And guess what? They don't realize that this body is being destroyed day by day. And guess what? If you don't get Christ on the inside, you don't get that eternal life on the inside, you're going to be in the same predicament that that rich man was. You're going to be in a place of torment. But you know what? You don't have to be because the Bible said Christ died for every man and he justified every man. But every man got to receive him. Every man don't receive Christ. Every man don't even want to hear nothing about Christ. But I tell you what, I hope today that you will make a decision. You know what? I'm not going to be stupid. When I hear the gospel, because see, that's what God chose. God chose the foolishness of preaching to save them that would believe. Believe what? We believe, believe the gospel of Christ. All right, so let's move on. So y'all did get my spoiler alert right, that you got to have a second house. You got to already be in the second house before the first house is destroyed. Because like I said, ain't no Casper the ghost. All right. So Jesus said in John chapter 6 and verse 40, let me turn to that. And, this, and Jesus said this to the Jews. And remember, that's who he came to. He came to his own. And guess what? They didn't receive him. They didn't receive him before he died, and they didn't receive many of them. They didn't receive him before he died, nor even after he was risen from the dead. All right. So in Luke chapter 40, this is what he said to them. Chapter 6, I'm sorry. Luke chapter 6 and verse 40. He said, this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have, may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last days. He said, now he told the Jews, he said, everyone that see the Son. So guess what? The ones that saw him in his ministry, they didn't believe him. He said, but if you see him and you believe him, he'll give you eternal life and he'll raise you up at the last day. Well, guess what? What about the Gentiles? What about us? We, we never saw Christ. Did anybody out here see him? No. Nope. You didn't see him. So how are we going to get that eternal life? Because he said you have to see him. That's what Jesus told the Jews. He said you got to see him and then you got to believe on him. But guess what? Like I said, God got another way. 
I'm sorry, the Okay, John chapter 6, verse 40, I'm sorry. It said, this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which see it, the Son, and believeth on him, they may have everlasting life. Everlasting life is eternal life. But guess what? He wasn't talking to us, and we sure didn't see him. So what, so how are we? The ones that did not see Christ, how are we going to believe? We got to believe the record that God gave of his son. We got to believe the gospel of Christ. Romans 1.16 said, you know, and, not, and then you can't be ashamed of it. It said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? Because it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believe it. It said to the Jew first, and then also to the Greek. So this is how God did it. First, the record said in 1 John, this was to the Jews, Verse 5 and verse 11. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 11. Slow down. Okay. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 11. It said, this is the record that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. So where's the life? It's in the son. So God has already given eternal life in his son. So for the Jews, all they had to do when they saw him, believe on him. Believe on, they had to believe on his name. But in our day, we got to believe the gospel. According to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, and in three things it say, you got to hear, you got to believe, and then God seals you or God gives you the Holy Spirit of promise. Guess what? That's the eternal life. That's the life. That's the spirit of Christ. That's what you get. When you hear the gospel and you believe it, but then, excuse me, that eternal life is for your soul. It makes that soul that God put in Adam, that God has put in every man, he makes that soul alive. That's what it does. Eternal life quickens your soul from mortality to immortality. All right. So now, the next thing, Ephesians chapter 1. I think I said that. So Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13. Let me just read that first, okay? First Romans 1, 16 said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believe it. But in Ephesians chapter 1, let me turn to it. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13. It says, in whom you also trusted. After that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. So guess what? God had a man or a woman of God preaching the gospel of Christ. Now I'm going to show you what 1 Corinthians said that the gospel of Christ is. So it said, you heard it. It was the word of truth. It was the gospel of your salvation in whom also after that you believed. So you heard it and you believed it. And when you believed it, this says that then God sealed you with the Holy Spirit of promise. Well, that's how you got eternal life. 
When he sealed you with the Holy Spirit, he gave you life. Come on. Do you have the life? You got to have the life for your soul. Because your soul is going to live somewhere. Either it's going to live in life, in Christ, or it's going to live in heaven with the devil that God didn't invite you to go and live with. That's all I'm saying. All right. So then the next thing, I'm going to want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through verse 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through verse 4. Now, 1 Corinthians is going to tell us what it is that we got to believe. See, uh, Ephesians said you got to believe the gospel of Christ, the, the, the word of God, the word of truth, which is the gospel of your salvation. Well, what is the word of truth? It's the gospel of Christ. It's how Christ died on a cross for our sins. It's that he was buried. And then the third day, God raised him from the dead. That's what the gospel of, of Christ is, the word of truth, which is the gospel of our salvation. That's what you got to believe. All right. So here we go. First, First Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through verse 4. All right. It says, more, oh, and this is the Apostle Paul. He said, moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you. So is that what Paul preached? Yes. Remember, he said, God didn't send me to baptize, but he sent me to preach the gospel. He sent me to preach Christ crucified and resurrected. That means he's dead, he's buried, and God raised him from the dead. That's what he was sent to preach. So he said, I preached unto you that which he had received. Well, when did Paul receive this? When Jesus revealed to him what happened the last night, when he said, when he, when he took the bread, he broke it, and he took the wine, and he gave it to them. And he said, eat and drink ye all of it. But what he was telling them about what had happened to him. So then he said, I preached to you, which also you received. Now guess what? And wherein you stand. By which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. So this is what he delivered. He said, I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received is how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And then he said, so let me just tell you about that. It said, how Christ died. Well, how did he die? The Bible said Christ died on the cross. Well, we know he died on the cross, right? But it's what it represents. When Christ died on the cross, Christ was made sin. He was made a curse. He was made sin for us. And 2 Corinthians 5, 21 said, For he, meaning God, made him, meaning Christ. Okay, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. For he has made him to be sin for us. So when you see Christ, I mean, when you see the cross, what you're supposed to believe that God made Christ the sin for you. It wasn't for him because the Bible said there was no sin in him. But he made Christ to be sin for us, Christ who knew no sin, so that we who only knew sin could be made the righteousness of God in him. That was an exchange up there on the cross. Christ took our sins, died for it, paid for it, and he reconciled us to God. He justified us. So when God raised him from the dead, guess what? God was justifying us. He was making us right with God. 
So when Christ raised from the dead, it was to make us right with God. I believe that's in the NLT because I don't have that nothing with me. Okay. So then the next thing <clears throat> is that, remember I told you how he was, um, where am I at? My goodness. Let me see where I'm at. Okay. So how Christ was made a sin for us. Romans chapter 4 and verse 25 said, he was delivered for our offenses. What was the offense? That was the sin of Adam. So he was delivered. Christ was delivered on that cross for the sin of Adam. Because when Adam sinned, guess what? It sin passed upon all men. When Adam sinned back in the garden, sin passed upon all men. Then death and then judgment or condemnation. But guess what? When Christ went to that cross, he paid for all of that. So guess what? You're free. All you got to do is believe it. You didn't have to be there, but you do have to believe the record because that's the record that God gave of his son. And then you got to believe that he was buried. Glory to God. And not only that, when you believe that God seals you now with the Holy Spirit of promise. The Bible said that the Holy Spirit of Christ, that's the eternal life. Remember? Christ was raised from the dead so to make us right with God or, uh, for, so that we could be justified, so that we could be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So guess what? When you believe that, that's what it means. He said, and, and you has he quickened. When you believe that and God gives you the Holy Spirit, that's what it does. The Holy Spirit quickens that soul on the inside. And now that soul said, hallelujah, glory be to God. I don't have to worry because when this house goes down, I already got a building not made with God, not made with hand, and it's already eternal in the heavens. So I'm telling you, that soul is very important. And that soul don't want to be left out in the cold. Because if, if it's left out, this body goes down, the soul like where I'm supposed to go. Well, you know what? You already got your appointment because you didn't receive Christ Jesus. You didn't receive the gospel. You didn't receive the record that God gave of his son. The Bible said God so loved the world, John 3, 16, that he gave his only begotten son. God gave his only begotten son to what? To die on the cross so we could have life. You weren't even born when he, when he died on the cross. Oh, 2,000 years ago. But guess what? He knew that every man that was born was born in sin because the wages of sin Romans 6.23 is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I'm here to tell you, this is no game. Don't you understand that there is a virus that's going around? Guess what? And many have died. And I pray that the many that has given up this body, this earthly body, I pray that they soul was in Christ because that's an even worse death than his body dying. Like, oh my God, you mean I died of COVID and then I went to hell? Whew, seriously? You could do a LOL, I'm telling you. But what I am telling you, believe the gospel. When the man of God comes up with the word, the word is for your life. The word is to give your soul life if you haven't already received him. You know what? It ain't a burden. When 2 Corinthians chapter 4 
in verse 3. Because you wonder, well, what about all of the people? Why is there still so many people not saved? The Bible said, if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world, he blinded the mind, not the eyes, the mind, the soul, unless you can receive Christ, who is the image of God. That's why the gospel is preached, so you can believe it, so you can receive it, so that the Holy Spirit then would quicken your soul on the inside and your soul got joy. I'm telling you, joy is so much better than sorrow. Joy is so much better than torment. And I know you know I'm telling you the truth. So anyway, so the Holy Spirit, that's the spirit of Christ. And it's eternal life. And you, you get this eternal life for our souls. Now, I got to go back and say, you know what? I didn't tell y'all everything at the beginning. I just wanted to do that first part right there. Okay. So go back to Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. It said, and the Lord God... <clears throat> And the Lord God, he formed man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. But guess what? When you receive Christ and God sealed you with the Holy Spirit, that soul now is made alive. That soul now, now becomes immortality, because mortal mean is dying. But immortality means it's alive, all the way alive. All right. So then Job 33 and 4 said, The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath... Thank you, Pastor. Job 33, 4 said that the Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty has given me life. Glory to God. Now, the first Adam, he had the breath of life, and he was made a living soul. But what Adam did not have was eternal life. He had the breath of life because that breath of life made him to become a living soul. He had the house, and you know that's the thing about us. God given us this house, and we said, ooh, my house sure look good. And we spent all the time, the money, pampering that house. But let me tell you something. Take time and make provisions for that soul that's on the inside. Because you know what? That soul is the one that's going to live on. And you know, I want my soul to be in Christ. And it is. Because you know what? I heard that gospel. I believed it. I believed it. I believed that Christ died on the cross for my sin. And I believed that he was buried. Because the Bible said he was buried and that he went down in hell for three days and three nights. But guess what? He didn't stay there. He came back up. So guess what? When he quickened my soul, I'm alive. I'm all the way live, y'all. I hope you are too. All right. So let me move a little bit further. So what I'm saying is that Adam had the breath of life. And that's what every man have that's not in Christ. All you got is a breath of life. You are one breath away from being eternally separated from the Father. 
Don't let that be your destiny. Don't let that be your destiny. I'm only, well, you know what? I'm, I'm good, I'm good, I'm, but I'm only one breath away. Adam lived to be 900 and, how many? 30, 60, some years old. And I'll get that, I'll get that number for you. Anyway, but when he, when he died, he didn't have eternal life. He did not have eternal life. And you know what? When you look at Adam and his sons and their wives, and you go all the way down that generation, and then Noah came, 900 and what, 60? 900. So Adam lived in that body that was dying every day for 930 years. Oh, my God. I know that soul that got old and was crying out. Adam, why did you mess up? Adam, why? But anyway, so here it is. Adam, his generation, go all the way down to Cain to Noah. And the Bible said that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And so Noah built an ark. That ark was a type of Christ. And Noah preached too. He preached. And he preached why? So that the people that was out would come in. He was telling them, it's going to rain. Nobody believe it's going to rain. Why? Because it had never rained. God always moistened the earth from beneath. You just sent up a mist. So they didn't believe that. It's just like people telling you now, you got to get in Christ. Ah, oh, who is Christ? We didn't see him. Oh, he was, I mean, that was 2,000 years ago. What about that? But guess what? When Adam, I mean, when Noah finished that, that, that ark, God told him, said, now, okay, so we only got eight that's going to come in, so go out there and give me one, two of each, each creature and just bring it in. So what I would like to think is that when the preacher said, Noah said, come on in because it's going to rain, they were like, okay, let's go, let's go. All the animals, they got on board. And then God shut them in. And after he shut them in, it began to rain. And it was raining so fiercely. Now the people on the outside, all the unbelievers who laughed at Noah, I mean, yeah, who laughed at him, now they knocked Noah, let us in. But Noah couldn't let him in because Noah didn't, didn't shut himself in. God did. God shut him in to protect him. So God give us Christ. He give us the gospel. Guess what? To protect your soul. So you, don't be like them. Don't be resistant. The Bible said if the gospel is here, it's here to them that are lost. Why? Because they won't believe. They won't believe. But don't you be one of the unbelievers. Be a believer. Believe the report that God has given of his son. And in his son is life. That's the eternal life that you need for your soul today. Oh, my God. So the next thing it says, uh, okay, so how was Adam going to get eternal life? He was supposed to eat from the tree that was in the midst of the garden. Now, this is important because when God created Adam, we're going to look at that. Go to Genesis, and we're going to look at Genesis chapter 2, and we're just going to look at that for a minute. In Genesis chapter 2, and we're going to begin at verse 7. All right. Genesis 2 and chapter 7. All right. And the Lord God, he formed the man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, 
and man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight, that's good for food. It's the tree of life. No, uh, that's pleasant. I'm sorry, let me, let me read that again. So he calls every God. Let me start at verse 9 again, okay? And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and that's good for food. And then it said the tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So every tree, God said, was good for food. So guess what? That means that the tree of life also was good for food. Because had he ate from the tree of life, he could have lived forever. But guess what? God said there is a tree also called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God told him, so we're going to look, we're going to skip down, go down to verse 15. Okay. All right, there it is. So in verse 15, it said, And the Lord God took the man, and he put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. Now you got to understand, God gave a command. A command is, is it's a direct, I mean, first of all, Adam was not a stupid man. Adam was a very wise man. How do you know that? Because when God created him, he created him in his image and after his likeness. And how many know we got a very wise God? So of course the man that he made, that he was going to put over the garden to tend it, to dress it, to keep it, that was a wise man. So when God give a wise man a command, Guess what? You're not likely going to forget the command. Are you going to forget a command? No. Why? Because who gave you the command? The commander-in-chief, if you could say that, or in heaven. All right. So anyway, God gave him, it said he gave him a command. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree that thou mayest freely eat, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil, Thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that you eat thereof, guess what's going to happen? Thou shalt surely die. Well, he wasn't talking about this flesh. It already told you that this flesh came from the dust. But what was going to die if Adam ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil? That's so. Yeah, he was a living soul. But guess what? He was supposed to eat from the tree of life not from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now, this is what you got to understand. And when I was reading that, I was like, let me just get my notes because I want to tell y'all what I, what I saw here. Okay. So, when God gave Adam a command, it was a direct order. All right? And you know what it was. He said, of every tree thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou should not eat of it. Because in the day that you eat, Thou shalt surely die. So Adam refused to obey the command of God because that's what disobedience is. Disobedience is refusing or neglecting 
to obey. Now, now the Bible already told you that Christ obeyed the Father, right? And we look at that in Philippians. But it said Adam, he disobeyed. He refused to obey. He neglected to obey. He, he disobeyed God, but he sure listened to somebody. Because guess what? The Bible said in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13 and verse 14. Take my time. Okay, I got three minutes. Okay. So in 2 Timothy, the Bible, now remember, when God gave that command to Adam, Eve wasn't even in the picture. So the Bible said in 2 Timothy that, no, that's not it. 2 Timothy, I'm sorry. I think it's 2 Timothy 2.13. Is that 2.13? Oh, that's the wrong one. Maybe it's 1 Timothy. I'm sorry. Maybe it's 1 Timothy 2. Well, anyway, it said God, he made Adam and then he made Eve. And, but the Bible said that, at, oh yeah, for Adam was first formed and then Eve. So when God gave that commandment to Adam, Eve wasn't even in the picture. Next verse, verse 14. And Adam was not deceived. So guess what? <clears throat> when the serpent deceived Eve, Adam was standing right beside her. Okay, y'all excuse me. Give me a little break, okay? All right. When the serpent, the devil, the Bible said that he beguiled her. He beguiled Eve. He deceived Eve. But guess what? Her husband was standing right there beside her. And you know what? But the Bible said, Adam, he wasn't deceived because he knew what God had said. So what am I saying to you? When Adam disobeyed, he disobeyed knowing. He disobeyed. He refused to obey knowing what the Lord God had said. But guess what? He obeyed somebody. He heard somebody. And who was it? It was Miss Eve. You know what? She took it. She ate. And the Bible said after she ate, then she gave it to her husband. Now that's awesome, isn't it? He refused to believe and obey God. But Eve said, hmm, hmm, okay. He took and he ate. So what am I saying? Who are you going to believe today? Who are you going to believe today? Are you going to believe God's word when God already told us that you got to have eternal life, that his son Christ came and gave his life so that we could have eternal life? Are you going to believe that? Are you going to say, hey, I ain't nothing going to happen to me. I'm going to live forever. I may even live, well, maybe not as long as Adam did. No, don't believe the lie. Come on, don't be deceived. That's the worst thing that you can do is be deceived. The person, the, the man of God, Preaching, the man of God, the women of God that's preaching the gospel, they, they bring you the truth because they committed to give you the truth. But you don't want that. You want somebody to tell you, girl, ain't nothing going to happen to you. It's time to eat, party, dance, do whatever we want to do. I'm sorry. Your soul is crying out on the inside. You need life. You need eternal life. Your soul needs to be quickened. And Ephesians 2 and 1 said, while we were dead... While his soul was dead in trespasses and sin, has he quickened? He made alive. 
That's what Christ did when we heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, how he died, was buried, and was raised again from the dead. God quickened your soul on the inside. And now your mortal soul is now in immortality. Your soul now is in life. And I tell you, life is better than death. Life is better than torment. Life is Jesus Christ. So guess what? We got Christ on the inside. And let me go to one verse. I mean, go to uh, Romans chapter 8. Okay, let's, let's read that, and then we're going to conclude. In Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 said, There is therefore now no condemnation. See, because in the garden you had sin, you had death, you had judgment, and then you had condemnation. You had sin, you had death, you had judgment, and you had condemnation. All of that, <clears throat> when Adam disobeyed, all of that passed upon every man. But guess what? Christ came, gave his life to clean all that away, to make us right. You don't have to pay for Adam's sin. All you got to do is receive Christ, receive the gospel, receive his life, receive the Holy Spirit that the Father gives when you believe. Oh, come on, it's time now to receive it. So you know what? Let's go over this again, all right? The Bible said in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and I'm going to look at this because I'm closing. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, okay, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and in verse 18, it says, for the preaching of the cross, when we preach Christ, death, we preach his burial, and then we preach his resurrection. But it's talking about the cross now, because remember, he died on the cross for our sins. And when you see that cross, you got to understand, he was made a curse on this, on this cross for us. Not for, not for his sin, but for our sins. That's what that means. When you see that blood, that means he spilled his life. His life was poured out for you. Now, if he poured his life out for you, surely we can receive what he's done. Because what he did, he finished everything. The Bible said he fulfilled every jot and every tittle of God's law. So guess what? We're not under the law. Because guess what? The ones that was under the law, they couldn't keep it. So God said, I'm going to make it easy. I'm going to give them, I'm going to choose preaching. I'm going to have a man or a woman of God to preach that gospel to them. And all they got to do is just hear it. You got to give your ears. Adam gave his ear to his wife, and guess what? They both lost life. But anyway, give your ear to hear the gospel. You got to hear it, and then you take it to your heart. You got to believe it. I believe what Christ did for me. He died, yes, on the cross for me. He was made a curse for me. So I could now be made righteous. I could be now justified. I am now made right with God. And that's what it is. Christ came to give us life. He said, I came that you might have life, but that you have it more abundantly. So I plead with you today. Today, is, this is a good day. This would be a good day for you to say, you know what? I believe that, Sister Crump. I really believe that. And the Bible said when you believe it, God then seals you with that Holy Spirit of promise. That's eternal life. That's Christ. That's what your soul is yearning for. And you're talking about all of these things going on, my mind, my mind. Well, guess what? Get in Christ. 
And guess what? God said, now all that you've been worried about, just cast it on me. I can take care of that because I want you to be free because he came that we might have life and that we have it more abundantly. So I tell you what, my time is already up and I thank you for yours. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me, let me do Ephesians 1.13. Thank you, Pastor. I'm closing out. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13. All right. Ephesians chapter 1, because I don't think I read this. It said, in whom you also trusted. Who are you talking about you trusted? You trusted what you heard. It was Christ that you trusted when you heard what he did for you. That's what you trusted. That was the gospel of your salvation. It said, whom you also trusted, that after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. You know what? When we preach Christ, we preaching you the truth. We ain't got time to preach you no lies. We ain't got time to tell you no lies. God wants us to give you the truth. So when you hear what Christ did, that's true. That's not an alternative reality. That's truth. All right? And then it, it goes on and it says, in whom also you trusted after that you heard the word of truth. It was the gospel of your salvation. In whom after that you believed, he sealed you. That's what you want to be. You want to be sealed. When he seals you, that says that you belong to him. You don't belong to the devil. You're no longer in Adam. You are now in Christ. So I invite you, hey, just hear the gospel. Just believe it. And guess what? You're going to wake up one morning and you're going to, what's, what's, what's changing about me? And all of a sudden you're hearing things you hadn't heard before. And all of a sudden now God's showing you things. Well, what's going on? Guess what? He put his Holy Spirit on the inside of you, and he's given you peace. So my time is up, and I truly thank you for yours. And I love you, and thank you for watching the broadcast. The door of faith is open unto you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.